Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls and children of all ages, welcome to episode 33 of the Fumble Recovery Fantasy Football Podcast, where we'll be breaking down the games that have happened so far on week one. I think we're all just glad football is back. I know I am, even though my uh, Broncos haven't yet played, um, so I'm looking forward to uh, that tonight. But we have had 14 games in the bag and a lot of talking points, a lot of fantasy implications um, that we're going to be talking about, waiver wire ads, surprise results and all sorts so with me to break it all down first of all i have mo minchumania <laughs> right in there mo and we've got chigs aaron Rodgers is still the goat he still got it against a good defense uh paul's unable to join today but um will be joining for future episodes i just want to outline from a betting perspective we're actually going to have a separate episode every week where we'll be talking about the bets from uh, the prior week and then looking ahead and outlining which teams uh, we like uh, on the spread. I mean, some some of them we were all right on. Some of them we were all horrifically wrong on, <coughs> the Colts, uh, for example. But um, I did place a parlay or an accumulator and I'm one, one result away from a nice chunk of change. So hopefully the Steelers can win by um, more than five and a half today. So... Right, chaps, football's back. How are your fantasy weeks going so far, Chigs, so far? A uh, bit of a mixed bag, really. <laughs> um, my um, my running backs that I've picked, generally picked up have all been pretty solid. I think uh, going all in on CEH, as we'll talk about, very, very glad on that because he looked like a real star. Um, defensively, my, my defence hasn't really sort of put up the points that I wanted them to, so room to be worked on there, but... Yeah, bit bit of a mixed bag, but yeah, glad to have football back for sure. You know, exactly. And Mo, how's your fantasy week going? Same situation, same situation. Just just learning here. I think I've probably won about fifty percent of the leagues. The other other fifty percent, probably looking at the loser end there. But uh, hey, that's that's why we have a season long. You know, it's it's not a sprint, it's a marathon. And you know, I think uh, making active moves in the waiver wires was going to get you that championship. Absolutely. A um, few waiver wire players to talk about this week as well. So the Chiefs kicked off against the Texans. I mean, admittedly, there were some garbage time scores from the Texans. You know, otherwise 34-20s, very, very um, favorable towards the Texans. The Chiefs did coast, really. I mean, Mahomes threw for 211, three touchdowns. CEH was an absolute stud, 25 carries, 138 yards. Um, wasn't targeted too much in the receiving game, but you know did all his work on the ground. Week one wonder of every season, Sammy Watkins put on a good stat line, 82 yards and a touchdown, but it was kind of spread around. Demarcus Robinson had um, a dropped touchdown and also had one overruled. Kelsey uh, got you know a touchdown as well. Tyreek saved his day with a touchdown. So... Just want to talk about a few players then. So CEH, Chiggs, you've gone all in. You've got him in multiple leagues. Must be feeling great about just seeing how well he took that mantle. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Loved watching him. You know, he looks like a real star. And the thing for me is, you know, he did all this on, on the rushing game. You know, people didn't expect him to have 25 carries. But, you know, and everyone was saying he's a, a very good receiving back. You know, we've talked about it all off-season. So to put up that production without, you know, anything in sort of receiving game, it just shows how high his upside could be, you know. This is why people are taking him in the first round of drafts. 
in, in redraft leagues as well. And, you know, his usage just proved it. It, it, it did. I mean, I actually stayed up um, and watched that game. And I thought the Texans were really, really bad on on defense. That's no discredit to what CEH did. But there were some really big gaping holes. You know, Chiefs O-line, credit to them, did create that. Kelsey played well, creating lanes as well. But um, no, I agree. No, they had a good game. But the Texans were also equally poor. I said they were down multiple scores, having taken the lead. Um, at one point. And in fact, talking of taking the lead, they did so with David Johnson. So David Johnson looked a bit like 2016 David Johnson again, um, you know, over 100 yards, really, really nice rushing touchdown. He was used in the passing game. For a while, it looked like he might be injured again. He had the wrist injury, but he came back to play. And it looks like they want to sort of build that offense around him and then the mobility of uh, Watson. So Chiggs, I know you've got David Johnson in a couple of leagues. So you're happy with what you saw in week one? Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, as you say, he looked like the David Johnson of old. You know, I was advocating holding on to him in the off-season just because, you know, I don't think you were going to get enough value for him. And moving to that offense, being the main guy there, I think uh, Duke Johnson got injured as well, right? So that really opens up the opportunity there for David Johnson to be the main guy. And you know they're they're gonna they're gonna put up points and they're gonna be a good offense still with Deshaun Watson and you know Will Fuller, um, see Brandon Cooks kind of was a bit questionable coming into the game, but yeah, I think I think the Texas offense will be all right, and I think David Johnson looked very you know very good, so I think he's gonna have a good season if he can stay healthy, obviously. So one of the things I really noticed was their receivers just couldn't create separation. And I think it really hurt Watson. I mean, where he's had DeAndre Hopkins to lean on, you know, arguably one of the best in the league, you could just see that sort of quality was lacking. Will Fuller had a good day. I think he had eight receptions over 100 yards. But outside of that, Cook struggled. Randall Cobb wasn't even seen. I think even the commentators made reference to it in the third quarter to say they've not seen Randall Cobb. So, Mo, are you buying low on anyone uh, after that week in the Texans, or you, you, you think it's going to be a bit of a struggle? I, I think Cooks. Uh, we have a reason for why Cooks didn't show up. It's because of his injury preseason and just you know the lack of getting repped with Watson. Um, I think Cooks is still going to be the guy there. Um, you know, when when everything's all said and done, and plus you really can't trust Fuller's. Um, uh, he's he's again he's one of those players that are more injury prone as well. So I would say Cooks is probably. The one, the one person I would definitely buy low, um, and a uh, Cobb. Uh, I mean, I, I think that's just going to be more of a spread out. He's, you know, he's going to be there in the slot. And I think he, he's might be fighting, fighting for touch, you know, looks between him and the the tight end there. So yeah, um, I think I think Cooks is the only guy I'm still kind of I'm still I'm still bullish on at this point. And anyone buying Sammy Watkins? I, I think he's a great number two. I mean, uh, he's. If he's available on the waiver wire um, and you have an empty roster spot, um, yeah, I would take I would take Watkins over Robinson at this point. But again, you kind of run the risk there, where you know Mahomes may just end up spreading the ball, and it's going to be more of a you know game by game basis where they you know they kind of they kind of look at what the defense is doing, and then the, you know that one player is going to stick you know stand out. It might be Watkins or it might be Robinson, but I think Watkins got the higher upside here. See, for me, I. I'm still going to say stay away. You know, Sammy Watkins, definitely a great daily play um, when you're targeting the right matchups, but, you know, season long, 
you know, he, he did this last season. Game one, I think, went for three touchdowns as an absolute monster. And then rest of the seasons for an absolute stinker. You just you can't trust when to start him. So he looked he looked good, but again, you know, I, I can see him coming back to reality next week. You know, but so for me, I wouldn't be wouldn't be rushing out to get him you know, unless I was desperate. You know, to to fill a slot there, wide receiver. Yeah, and uh, if if you've got a league manager who panics after week one and they're looking to shop Tyreek, then definitely get Tyreek. If it's about as cheap as you'll probably get him because he was up against one of the best shadow corners in the league in Bradley Roby. And um, it just wasn't necessary. You know, they were so far ahead that it need to target him. But this is the uh, thing, Tyreek Hill as well, right? You know, we, we said it, he, he's not going to get that volume of receptions that, you know, Julio Jones or Devontae Adams gets, right? His thing is... Um, his big playability. So, you know, he'll take five or six receptions, but he'll take them for two touchdowns and over 100 yards because you know, they're big plays. Yeah. I think that, that was all that was missing today, um, what's on Thursday, was just that, that big play, as you said, which wasn't really needed. Yeah, exactly. I'm still a big fan of Tyreek. Um, so, Mo, if you're, if you're looking to ship him, then um, you've, got, you've got a willing customer here. Yeah, make me a good offer. I'm there. <laughs> cool. We'll move on to arguably the surprise of the week, uh, which was the Jags beating the Colts. I think the Colts were seven and a half point favorites in that and ended up losing from a winning position. So a few players I want to talk about. Um, has to be said, Phil Rivers, it was bad last year. You could have blamed the Chargers O-line. You could have blamed various things, but he didn't look very good. I don't know. I don't own Rivers in any leagues. I don't know if you do, Mo or Chiggs. Are you worrying about Rivers as fantasy asset or are you just putting it down to week one? Week one for me. You know, I'm not I'm not having Phil Rivers as my QB1 and even QB2 in most leagues, right? I think, you know, he's your third QB and you're sort of starting him while the people are injured or what have you. I think that that offensive line is... is Still, probably the, one of the best in the league, if not the best in the league. And I think he's, you know, like Tom Brady didn't look great either. Um, right. So, his game, I think you'll just take a little bit of time. You know, you know, they're having a limited off season to get that rapport with their the wide receivers and tight ends. Yep. And on the flip side, you had Gardner Minshew, who completed 19 of 20 passes, very efficient day for him and three touchdowns only 173 yards but three touchdowns they were spread out between Chark who was actually quite disappointing with only three catches for 25 as said saved his day with a touchdown Keelan Cole had five receptions and uh, rookie LaVisca Chenault so they spread it around a bit but it was really the Colts who kind of threw it away from a winning position um, but no Minshew looked good you know looked accurate and uh, I know Mo you've been hyping up Minshew for a while so you must have been pleased to see that. Oh, you gotta love the mustache. I don't know if you guys saw that video. Uh, what song was he singing there? Um, preseason, getting ready to. Ready oh to yeah, that was football. funny. Yeah, um, yeah. If, if you're not a fan of Minshew, I think you should be, just because of his, just 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 because of his antics, the person he is, the personality he has. Um, I, I think I think he'll do well again. I think it's more or less just because they have no defense, uh, at least not a strong one. Um, again, I'm surprised that River, River struggled as much as he did. Um, and again, it might be just not having chemistry with the wide receivers yet, but, um, 
I, I, they're going to have to score points. And I think, uh, I mean, and, 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 you know, Minshew is, you know, he's, he, you know, he proved himself to be a decent quarterback. I mean, he kept, he, he was, he kept it close in, in games last year. Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, they got that toxic element out, out of the, out of the locker room. I think this team is just going to hear, they're just, they're just going to enjoy the season and have fun. And that, that always bodes well. Yeah. And from a Colts running back perspective, just want to give our thoughts to Marlon Mack. Um, looks like he's got quite a severe injury. So hopefully he's back to full health soon. I'm a Jonathan Taylor owner, but you never like to see these, um, you know, big injuries to players. So, um, Marlon Mack started off as the lead back had four carries 26 yards but then sort of went out of the game jonathan taylor wasn't used for a while but he ended up being used in quite a hybrid role nine carries and six receptions so didn't get a touchdown but i think there's huge huge upside now with the mac injury for jonathan taylor and the player we'd talked about before naheem hines He's probably the number one waiver target now in all leagues, even if you're in a standard league. But any sort of PPR type league, I mean, he had eight receptions, 45 yards and a touchdown and a further seven carries for 28 yards and a touchdown. So two TDs, um, you know, very good fantasy day, especially with the eight receptions. I mean, he had more receptions than any any receiver there. So um, but this is the thing, right? I mean, it was, you know, they were talking about him all off season as well. You know, people were sleeping on him. And you said it right, like Phil Rivers has always been good to his pass catching running backs. And people still didn't buy into it. And now people are going to wake up and see that Naeem Hines is a thing. Um, especially with Mac now being injured, you, you'd expect Jonathan Taylor to take that sort of workhorse role and Naeem Hines to be more of the pass catching back. But I was surprised, you know, Taylor had six receptions in the game as well. Mm-hmm. So, you know, for someone that they're saying can't really catch the ball, I don't know, six receptions in your first NFL game. I, I, I can see him having, you know, we, we've talked about it, probably with the probably one of the best running backs in terms of pure rushing ability in, in you know, the rookie class. Um, and the, what the concern was obviously that Marlon Mack was in his way. I can see Jonathan Taylor having a good year. You know, that we all... Uh, well, earlier than earlier than we thought it would happen, you know. Yeah, it's not quite as organically as the coaching staff would have maybe liked it, but yeah. with injury comes opportunity. So definitely, um, Taylor's going to be very valuable now. Hey, I think. Uh, Amir, if you want like a little Tyreek Hill, Taylor, maybe we'll look at some other pieces. Possibly, I'm up for that trade if you're willing to part part ways there with Taylor. Could work. We'll have to talk. If there's one thing you know about me, you know I love a trade. So um, <laughs> I think I'm usually the most active trader. So uh, we'll see. Yeah, we'll have a look into that. Uh, and then from a receiving perspective, Paris Campbell had a decent day, six receptions, 71. I think we know Phil Rivers loves this slot receiver as much as he loves those swing passes to the um, running backs. Not much else, though. No, no, Nobody else of note, really. You know, Pascal had a couple. Pittman Jr. had a couple. T.Y. Hilton had four. There's there's no one that's really enticing me. Are there any Colts receivers you think you're going to be targeting? Let's say in a season long league. Um, so I had I had Ti Ty right as the as my wide receiver two in a few leagues, and you know I'm still going to still stick with that. You know, obviously it depends on the matchup, but I still think Ty is going to be the main guy there, just with experience and his explosiveness. 
Um, so, you know, if, if it continues like that for a few more weeks, then maybe I'll have to sort of reassess that. But, you know, I'm just putting it down to week one. I think, you know, we, we tend to overreact at times from, from week one. But, you know, let's, let's see how it plays out. Yeah, I said Phil, Phil Rivers still building chemistry with a lot of those players. Um, so, I mean, moving on from an, uh, one QB in a new team to another. So Patriots obviously lost Tom Brady. Cam Newton's come in and actually had a pretty good day. Two rushing touchdowns. Didn't do much in the passing game. But um, I think if you played him in fantasy, you would have probably been quite happy with what, what he did do on the ground. I mean, he... You know, still had 15 of 19 completions, 155 yards. Uh, so, but 15 carries, and that's quite important when you look at, you know, someone like Lamar Jackson. He has sort of 15 carries in the game, um, and that's on a good week. So, 15 carries for Cam. They've obviously schemed around it. Um, he, he he sniped those touchdowns as well. So. I've just traded away Cam actually before the season uh, in a deal to get in Kenyon Drake. Kind of regretting that now, especially as the guy who's about to beat me in that league started Cam. But um, yeah, he looked pretty good. Mo, as a Panthers fan, did you think he looked like his old self? Or um, I that's hard to say. I think I think the running the running is there, which I, I never doubted. Um, I st- I still don't see the throwing aspect of it yet. So I'll see if he improves his throw. I mean, Grant, he doesn't have many weapons there. Except for Edelman, I'm not sure if Nikola Harry's going to make that jump. Um, but uh, I, I, I'm, I, you know, I, I, I don't believe he's, he's still the quarterback. You know, the, the, the throw. You know, he, I don't think he has the, the accuracy and the, and the arm throwing ability of a quarterback that you want that's going to win your championship. Um, so uh, I mean, his rushing though. I mean, when you look on fantasy, I mean, really the rushing yards is what gets you a lot of points. Um, that's why some of these, you know quarterbacks go so early like you know josh allen kyle murray just rushing yards so on that point i think he's going to get those couple of those rushing yards as touch rushing touchdowns but um i'm still not chalking up chalking him up to you know again you gotta remember he played miami yes the defense got better but you know no preseason I, i'm not going to say he actually had um any great competition there i think this year they play this week they have a t- tough matchup right they played the saints sorry either the saints or the um uh the chiefs maybe but um, I, I'm, let's give him a couple of weeks. I want to see if he can throw the ball. We all—I I never doubt his running capability, but his passing—that's that's a different situation. Yeah, I didn't uh, see much of the, a deep threat. So they got the Seahawks. On Seahawks, the, okay. Uh, that would be a good Sunday, challenge. Night. A team that would have faced Cam a lot over the years in the NFC as that's well. Correct. Um, running backs for the Patriots. I, I mean, they're always. Belichick hates fantasy players because he never really <laughs> gives the ball to one running back. And we kind of saw the same. I mean, Michelle had 10 carries. Burkhead had seven. J.J. Taylor had four. James White had five. It's a shame because I've got a few shares of Michelle and White this year. But, I mean, there were talks that they're easing Michelle in, so maybe he'll get more of a workhorse-type role. But it's Belichick and it's McDaniel, and they don't tend to have a workhorse back. Uh, is there anyone you'd be comfortable starting in fantasy? For me, it's a messy backfield, as the Patriots always is. The difference this year is that they're, um, you know, you've got Cam there as well, now sniping those goal line looks as well. So whereas you could have maybe relied on, say, Sony Michelle getting those touchdowns to to make up for those weeks, 
you know, can swiping those, I think it's really going to hurt them. So, yeah, I wouldn't be trusting any of them with any confidence other than James White for, a, you know, a, a safe PPR floor. But even then, again, his, his upside, I don't think is going to be there you know, from, from previous seasons. Yeah, and then on the Dolphin side of things, it was it was quite messy. I mean, Fitz, Fitzpatrick, zero touchdowns, three interceptions. You know, he's not helped his case. I know Patriots are still one of the best defenses, but that was ugly. Um, you'd think if that carries on, two is going to be in soon. Running backs, again, it's a committee we didn't really expect, but Miles Gaskin led the team in carries, and he was actually the most productive on a yards per carry basis. Matt Breeder had five, Gaskin had nine, and then Jordan Howard, he kind of saved his day with a touchdown, but eight carries for seven yards, that's pretty ugly. Um and now the Dolphins have lost Devontae Parker for a few weeks. He's got a high ankle sprain, did you say? I think uh, got... Parker Parker may have a, he may have he's a, got a hamstring, is it? Hamstring, oh, hamstring. He's got a hamstring, correct. So he's got a hamstring, so that, you know, he'll be out for a few weeks. Um, Preston Williams really needs to step up. I mean, Kasiki didn't do much, but it seems like of the RB committee, Gaskin is most sort of relied upon um, there. But, uh, I mean, from an IDP perspective, Jerome Baker was absolutely phenomenal. Uh, I know in the IDP league <clears throat> we're in, he had 13 tackles, further three for uh, assisted tackles, a sack, put up nearly 40 points in that. I'm just glad that my opponent benched him and didn't start him. But <laughs> uh, are there any offensive players that you'd be looking at on the Dolphins here? I or is it a week Williams. one overreaction? I think if you can get Preston Williams, um, I think some leagues he may still be undrafted on the waiver wire. Um, he's uh, he's he 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 just he just recovering from the ACL. But again, think of one once he recovers, I think he'll be solid. He's back to his yeah. normal self. Yeah, and then that backfield for me is messy, right? So yeah. you know, especially you know, we weren't even factoring in Miles Gaskin before. We were saying it's messy with Breeder and Howard. Um, you know, you factor Gaskin in there. Obviously, you know, if he's available on waivers, go get him. You know, if you're because you know that, that running back depth is going to be limited, but yeah, it'd be a bit, it'd be a stash. You know, you, I wouldn't be rushing to start him next week. I'd like to see actually, you know, is he still going to be the main guy? Yeah, exactly. But uh, it was pretty ugly. And speaking of ugly, uh, the Cleveland Browns, <laughs> boy, did they look really bad against the Ravens. Just couldn't get things started at all. I mean, Lamar Jackson was phenomenal. Uh, three passing touchdowns, further 45 yards on the ground as well. Um, carrying on the theme of running back committees, I mean, Mark Ingram had 10 carries. J.K. Dobbins had a really good fantasy day, seven carries, 22 yards and uh, two touchdowns as well. Hollywood Brown was uh, really good. He got over 100 yards, five receptions. Mark Andrews, we know he's um, Lamar's favorite target. So just another phenomenal performance. Two touchdowns, five receptions. If you're playing in tight and premium, that's a pretty nice day. Um, Patrick Queen and IDP, I think, Mo, you didn't start him and you're regretting that because he got four tackles solo, four assisted tackles and a sack. So that would have been a nice... 20 point day any ravens that you're you think you might be able to get or you might be targeting uh, that you think the price is still good at the moment 
you're not going to get anyone for a good price here. You know, <laughs> it's maybe, still probably one of the best offers in the league. Yeah, maybe Snead or Boykin. I mean, the waiver wire. I mean, I don't trade wise. It's going to be difficult, but uh, yeah. I mean, Do- Dobbins for me is the one right in that. Um, like I said, you know, off season, he was my favorite running back coming out of you know this rookie class, just in terms of explosiveness and talent and that landing in that offense. But he was more of a dynasty, dynasty guy. Um, but you know, he's shown that he's going to get some usage, and you know, in that offense, you know, if you're flexing him on a weekly basis, you've got that touchdown upside there. Yep. Uh, from the Browns, it was just ugly. Baker had a bad day. I mean, he had a touchdown and a reception. He sort of saved his day with the passing touchdown to Njoku, but it was ugly. I mean, they couldn't get the running game going because they were behind for so long. So Nick Chubb only ended up having 10 carries. Kareem Hunt actually led with 13 carries, and he was targeted. I think Kareem Hunt had a decent-ish game, um, considering he'd probably be in your flex spot. Odell terrible three receptions for 22 yards jarvis five for 61 i mean you're looking at you know maybe 11 points there it was ugly you think it was just because they were up against such a phenomenal team and with the injuries or do you think it's are you would you be worried about starting any of your browns at the moment see the problem the problem you've got right is you know we said it before as well that if the Browns are going to click, you don't know who's going to go off in any given week because they've got so many mouths to feed. Um, but they're quite as liable to, you know, put up a stinker. They didn't really, they haven't really shown anything in the last few years. You know, it's in fits and starts. Last year, they didn't look great. You think maybe with Stefanski coming in, they're going to sort of revamp it a bit. But I'd say, look, Odell Beckham's probably someone you can go and get quite cheap now. You know, people might be overreacting and panicking. Um, I'd still buy into the talent and, you know, the situation we've seen with what Stefanski did in Minnesota with Thielen being the main target guy and obviously Diggs getting his his numbers as well. So you can still see Beckham and Landry being supported. Um, for would me, you, you know, I said... Would you give up a first? first? Would Sorry? you give up a first for OBJ? No. No. You wouldn't give up a first? Wow. Wow. I would last year, not this year. Considering he was a top three pick in Dynasty only a year ago, it's fallen. See, for me, I would be give, I'd, I'd rather give my first for someone Adam Thielen, who I know is going to be the target hog, you know, in Minnesota. Uh, maybe that his price now is is too high to get that, but that's someone like that I'd be targeting. You know, like I was saying, all off season, Thielen's the guy that I'm. In season-long leagues, for sure, all over as my wide receiver one. And I had him down to potentially finish as the wide receiver one on the year. Mm. I don't see Beckham finishing in that top five conversation. Yeah, it, it's going to be hard for him to do top five. I mean, as I said, it's easy to overreact to week one, but uh, that was an ugly, ugly performance from the Browns uh, yesterday. And then the other thing is, you know, I sort of said it before as well about fading Nick Chubb, right? And and this is exactly why you've seen Kareem Hunt's usage there. You know, not only in the receiving game, but you know, he had more carries as well. So that, you know, that's something I want to monitor as well. But you know, that was a worry of mine coming into the season. And, you know, first game in and that's how it's played out. Mm. 
Okay, so, I mean, quite an ugly game there. Ravens coasted to victory. Um, so we'll go from that to then one of the games of the week, actually. Falcons and Seahawks. Very, It, it was the, uh, no, one of the highest scoring games of the week. Um, so two great quarterback performances. Matt Ryan threw for 450 yards, two touchdowns. Um, very productive receivers there. Julio, 157 yards on nine receptions. Calvin Ridley with a monster day, 130, two touchdowns, and again, nine receptions. And in fact, a bit of a breakout for Russell Gage here uh, as well. Another, all three receivers had nine uh, rece- receptions. So good performance from your receivers, especially if you started Russell Gage as a cheap DFS play or as a sort of you know uh, flex spot because you had injuries. No replacements. Uh, Todd Gurley looked okay. 14 carries, 56 yards. Um, wasn't used much in the passing game. It's because they were behind for much of that. But again, you know, four four yards per carry. He looked he looked okay, and he got a nice touchdown. You know, through the pile as well. Russell Wilson was phenomenal. 31 of 35. Just I don't know if there's a more efficient passer in the game. To be honest, four touchdowns on that. He also had three carries for 29. Chris Carson had a good day. He only had the six carries, but he had six receptions as well for two touchdowns. So in total, would have had a good fantasy day. Uh, DK Metcalf only had the four receptions, but you know what you're going to get with him. He had a really bad drop, actually. Well, that could have been a 120-yard sort of performance. Tyler Locke had a nice day for PPR, eight receptions. As I said, a bit of a bonanza game. Loads of players to talk about there. Any players in particular who screaming out at you? Calvin Ridley, break up here. You know, third year, this this is going to be a guy we're talking about, you know, breaking into that that upper tier of wide receivers for me. Um, I'm just a guy that I haven't got enough shares of him in my other leagues. I think Cash has been sniping him ahead of me pretty much every league we're in. Um, I just think the tar- the target share is going to be there. They're going to be throwing a lot. You know, I think you're going to be confident. They're always up there in terms of pass attempts in the league, and don't see that changing. Um, you know, yeah. And Russell Gage, obviously, Mo, Mo Mo's, uh, Mo knows my thoughts, and we know Mo's thoughts on you know his um, his upside there this year. I, I can see all those three receivers feasting this year. Um, just based on the offense, the way they run their offense, they're going to be behind the defense they have as well, or you know they're going to have to put up points. So um, I can see all three. Uh, the one, the one great thing about one great thing if you're a Julio fan, uh, Ridley's um, ascendance here, him, his him breaking out means you're not going to have that double coverage that you constantly always have over Julio. So I think the safety is going to be more, you know, concerned about both players this time. I think it might open up finally, might be able to get some touchdowns for Julio. We'll see. I mean, I'm, I'm, I have shares of Julio in, in a couple of leagues now this year, and um, I'm hoping he gets those touchdowns. Rid, Ridley coming out, you know, and breaking out this year, I think will only benefit Julio. And with Gage as well, right? And, oh, correct. And, yeah. and Hayden Hurst as well. You know, they've got other weapons now to, to scheme away from Julio. But um, so, I think so the biggest surprise I... of the biggest oh, sorry, surprise of it was is that the Seahawks, you know, traded for Jamal Adams, arguably the best safety in the league. And the three receivers were still able to put on numbers. So as well as the corners to deal with, they had a, 
an elite safety. Seahawks is not a bad defense. So I think the Falcons will be fruitful for fantasy. And if you if you if you can get Julio from a team that's rebuilding and you need to pay up first, then I would do it. because um, I think he's gonna be great for you. The just the one point about Todd Gurley, you know, um his usage. I think he only played on about forty-five percent of the snaps. So oh, I, yes. was, I don't That's know whether that was then um, them sort of you know, again limiting his workload and easing him in kind of thing, or is that going to be a trend throughout the season where they're going to keep him below fifty percent? Because the trouble with that is then you know if he's not playing more than fifty percent of the snaps on any given week, he hasn't got that sort of upside of you know Todd Gurley when he's normally playing seventy, eighty percent of snaps. Hmm. It is worth bearing in mind they were behind for a lot of that game. Seahawks yeah. got off to a really fast start, so it probably limited how much they could utilize the run game. But uh, it's good, good observation. Certainly, forty-five percent is quite low for a starting running back there for your bell cow. Um, and then obviously Seahawks, you know, look, we talked about, you know, what you're getting from Tyler Lockett, solid as always from PPR. DK is giving you those sort of. I'm not going to give you a lot of in terms of receptions, but again, the yardage and the, and the touchdown ability. And Russell yeah. Wilson, absolute. You know, hopefully this is the area he gets his MVP nod, you know. This is um, fantastic. Yeah, he's fantastic. always been in the conversation. It's just such a great QB to watch. Just so so efficient. Um, you know, big fan of Russell Wilson. So that was a, quite a nice nice game to watch. And then... Ended up being an entertaining game, but the Lions versus the Bears. Um, Lions were up for the majority of that game. I think over three quarters they had the lead. Bears somehow came back into it. Shocking loss by the Lions, to be honest. They should have held on. Um, You know, I've seen a few videos of Lions fans kicking their TVs and tearing down their furniture and stuff. And (laughs) maybe that's a bit dramatic, but... They had they had the win. They turned a win into a loss there. And in spite of missing Kenny Golladay, that sort of looked like they were going to get the job done. So uh, I think you know Patricia's critics certainly not gone away after that loss yesterday. Um, so we'll start then with the the running back by committee. Um, certainly it looks like that Adrian Peterson is the committee lead at the moment. DeAndre Swift had two or three carries, and in fact, if you saw it at the end. DeAndre Swift had an opportunity to win it with about five seconds on the clock. Really, really, really bad drop. Really terrible lack of concentration. He assumed he'd had the touchdown, turned his head. That's going to hurt him. That doesn't bode well. And it's sad for me as a Swift owner in multiple leagues, actually, that um, he did that. But AP looked pretty good. Uh, TJ Hawkinson had a bit of a breakout, uh, a, a good game, but... I'm st- even as an owner of Hawkinson, I, I need to see it a bit more before I can rely on him. I don't know. What are your thoughts on Hawkinson for this year, Chiggs? Um, I'm really liking him. You know, I went and bought him in the as my Titan one in the IDP league in the startup. But I know he had a decent week in a Titan premium league. But if you look at his numbers, five receptions to 56 yards, it was the touchdown that obviously saved him, right? Um, otherwise yeah. that'll be pretty pedestrian numbers but you're going to hope he's going to get some of those looks in the red zone um, from Stafford you know but the, the, for me, was... 
I think his numbers this this week was a little higher than it normally would have been just because of a Galladay being Galladay, out, exactly. So this yeah. thing, so Galladay out, and his num, you know, it wasn't a case of he was, you know, ten receptions or a hundred yards. You know, and this is with Galladay out. So I'm a little bit cautious. You know, I still like the talent. I think he's going to get used, but I would, I would just temper it. You know, definitely in season long leagues, I wouldn't be starting him uh, just yet. Yeah, I agree. Uh, would you be comfortable starting AP? If you were desperate. <laughs> I, I think so. I think um, I, I, even if I was desperate, I think I'd be. I'd be like this week as well. Like you know, I mean, I was looking a bit thin at running back in places, and actually, Adrian Peterson was someone I was eyeing up to try and pick up off waivers to start. Um, and you know, I think Carryon's in trouble, right? <laughs> Peterson's just signed with the team, and he's already. Lead back in terms of carries and stuff. Yeah, and it was an ugly game for Carry on. Seven carries for fourteen yards. You know, he's not done himself any favors there. Yeah. Um, I mean, we know the Bears have a good D line, um, but you know, nonetheless, it's it's pretty ugly performance. Mitch kind of saved his day with um, that late sort of resurgence and the it was a lovely pass to Anthony Miller. Actually, um, I mean, Miller had a really quiet day. Yesterday, he sort of saved his bacon with that touchdown bomb. Otherwise, I started Miller in a few leagues and I was worried because he was hardly targeted at all. Um, is Mitt someone you'd be comfortable starting in like a super flex league? No, <laughs> absolutely not. Yeah. <laughs> would would uh, you start Mitch say, or I mean, Hawkinson? I was watching Red Zone and the amount of overthrows that Mitch had yesterday was ugly. I think it's a matter of time, even in spite of that win that folds comes in so if you can get folds cheap in a super flex dynasty try and do it because i think it's a matter of time before he's before he's picking up from mitch and then receivers i mean i said anthony miller was quite disappointing yesterday who else Alan robinson didn't really have a you know five five for 74 yeah it was it was just disappointing all round. I mean, Jimmy Graham had the touchdown pass, but uh, it, it was. I mean, yeah, it was an ugly game. It was an ugly game all round, right? You know, even from the running backs, David Montgomery had thirteen carries, Tariq Cohen had seven. It's just not an offense you really want too much to do with. You know, Alan Robinson's still going to be for me the main guy. Yeah, I think he will have you know hopefully have some of those weeks again, but. Yeah, I can't see Trubisky staying in that job for too long. Nah, and I said I said on when we're covering the spread betting that I thought the Lions, were, sorry, the Bears would win that game, but um, that wasn't a game they deserved to win. I mean, the Lions really grabbed defeat from the jaws of victory there. So um, yeah, the thanks, uh, thanks to Andre Swift for uh, <laughs> my, my prediction there. Thanks, mate. Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it, it was ugly. It was definitely ugly. Um, right, game of the week, arguably, or certainly the highest scoring game anyway. Packers-Vikings, a lot to uncover uh, here. I mean, Packers were phenomenal. They really were. Aaron Rodgers was. Fantastic. He looked like he had a chip, you know, playing with a chip on his shoulder. Um, Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams, we know they're one of the most potent receiver-QB combinations a lot has been questioned about Aaron Rodgers in recent months, especially with the signing of Jordan Love, but he was just phenomenal. 
364 yards passing, four touchdowns. Um, Devontae Adams, 14 receptions, 156 yards, two touchdowns. A couple of other uh, honorable mentions there. Marcus Valdez-Scantling, 96 yards and four receptions. He had a really nice touchdown, actually, on the sideline. Lazard got his TD as well, but Devontae was the man, and he was just phenomenal. Aaron Jones had a pretty good day, 16 carries, 66 yards, further four receptions. He got his touchdown, not stonking numbers like Adams, um, but you know, I think for anyone questioning Aaron Rodgers, he really sort of showed up yesterday against one of the better defenses in the leagues. And then on the Viking side, you know, they still put up 34 points. Cousins had an okay-ish game. Dalvin Cook, two touchdowns. And I think he also converted a two-pointer as well. Uh, Mattison had six carries. A bit more of a timeshare than maybe would have liked. Thielen, phenomenal. Six six receptions, 110 yards, two touchdowns. Just goes to show what you're saying, Chiggs. If you're going to invest the first on someone, Thielen's... Thielen over someone like OBJ. You know, he might be old, might only have a couple of years left, but... I mean, people forgetting, right, the, the performance that Thielen had, was it a couple of years ago where he was on pace to break all sorts of records? I think he was getting a touchdown every single game. Yeah, yep. Um, And obviously last year is the injuries that kind of sort of hampered him a bit, but Diggs has gone. He's the main guy. I, I think it was pre-Cousins as well, so he's doing it with two separate quarterbacks. Yeah, he's he's a very very underrated player, um, you know, because and he just puts up numbers. Um, yeah, but what a fantastic performance from Devonte Adams. I mean, this is why you're taking him in the first round, right? Um, so, so Adams is this year's Thomas. Putting it out there, he's going to be yeah. Michael Thomas this year. I, I this is the thing. We'll already come to it in a second, but I I can I can see Michael Thomas's numbers coming right down, and I can see Adams. Adams' thing is staying healthy, right? You know, that's that's kind of what messed him up last year. I think in terms of points per game, he was still up there in the, as a wide receiver one. Yeah. Because he missed such a, a large chunk of, of games. He obviously hurt his overall season ranking. But, you know, he, he's Rogers' main guy. And you know, Rogers obviously showed why he's still, you know, <laughs> I can't believe people were sort of saying he's done. Would you, would you trade for MVS? In the dynasty league, or would you I mean, need to see more? I, I've I've been going in on Alan Lazard as my um, number two receiver there. Right, I, I think it's going to be a coin flip there between Alan yeah. Lazard and MVS. Um, I, I think if you get yeah. it cheap enough, yeah, I think, I think they're both going to they're both going to get work. And there's going to be some weeks where it's one and it's the other. If you can get if you can somehow manage to pick up both, or you manage to draft it that way, or what have you. Definitely, you know, maybe one of them emerges as the as the main guy, or there's injuries. Definitely, you still got um, Equinemius St. Brown as well, potentially to come back into that mix as well. And it was it almost felt like it was Rogers under these under the days when him and McCarthy were arguing, where he's just said uh, almost a big fu to the coaching staff, saying, "Nope, we're not run first team. Put the ball in my hand. <laughs> yes, we'll run the ball, but." Let me show what I can do. Because there were times last year where he just looked really frustrated. Well, I mean, why would you not give the ball to your best player, you know, arguably one of the best to ever play the position, mm. and let him do his thing? I know they were, I know they made the playoffs last year, and I think I think we need to find a balance between letting him 
you know, be Aaron Rodgers, but also running the ball, you know, like the way that uh, Lafleur wants. And maybe that'll come this year. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see if he carries on throwing the ball because um, they did they did have the lead early on so it would have maybe lent more to running the ball more but uh, no Rogers was brilliant to watch yesterday I know um, our friend of the show Willem uh, the Packers fan he, he messaged me just absolutely delighted with uh, what he saw gave a shout out to some of the defensive players there as well so Next game then, Mo, your Panthers. That was quite an uh, entertaining game to watch. You would look down and out for a while. Good sort of um, resurgence. Took the lead there in the fourth quarter, but then credit waits due. Raiders, led by Carr, had a good drive to um, seal it through. Just a few notable mentions. Teddy Bridgewater has a decent game. One touchdown, 270. CMC was CMC. Don't think you need to say much more there. DJ Moore would have disappointed you based on where you're drafting him, but Robbie Anderson, really good. Converted on a uh, bomb of a touchdown and two-point there. Uh, Josh Jacobs, just phenomenal yesterday. Nearly 100 yards um, on 25 carries, three touchdowns, further four receptions. So you're looking at 140-yard day and three, sorry, three touchdowns. Um, He was phenomenal. Henry Ruggs, Mo, you were saying he looked good for a while before he got injured. Um, could be out for a couple of weeks there. Um, Darren Waller was okay by tight end standards. But uh, Mo, what were your thoughts? Because you would have watched every minute of that game. Yesterday. Oh, yes. Um, I think Ruggs is going to be an absolute terror in this league if he can stay healthy. He's got that smaller size, but he never had that issue, injury issues in college. And um, yeah, all the all that pre uh, pre draft uh, tape I watch on him, I mean, just he's 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 gonna be amazing, um, especially with him being the number one guy there. Uh, they don't really have any of the weapons, honestly. One thing I was disappointed in um, was Brylon Edwards. Um, he he barely took the field when he did. He wasn't really even looked at. Um, but yeah, Rugs uh, until like I said, I think until that injury, and I think all he put up these points in the first quarter, or like at least first. Uh, definitely the first half, and I want to say majority, probably the first 20 minutes, let's say, of the game, um, mm. and, and that's when his, he kind of rolled his ankle. Uh, they don't, they haven't really designated injury on him, but um, he was back on the field in the second half. Uh, they, but again, I think he just seemed like more of a decoy because they rarely targeted him. But um, he's he's one guy that if you can get a hold of him for cheap, he's one guy I would definitely go after, um, especially in any dynasty league, any keeper leagues. Um, redraft against being a rookie, you're gonna have a little bit of learning curve. But I think they're going to use him as much as they can. CMC was well, CMC. Um, I, I love the offense that the Panthers put on there, the spread offense that Joe Brady's bringing from college. I think I don't see any one receiver winning out. I think they're going to spread the ball like you know Brady did in in uh, L- LSU. So, um, but what that what that bodes well is for the quarterback. I think Bridgewater is going to do well. He was very decisive on his throws. Um, he read the he read the defense uh, well. He uh, he audible out of certain certain plays and um i i thought he carried himself uh you know i perfectly only problem again is we don't have a defense i mean if you're a team and you put up 30 points you're expected to you know you're going to win majority of every games if you put if your offense put up 30 points and it wasn't any of that garbage time points um well, I, I think i think speaking of waivers i think robbie anderson's a player to target yeah he, he pretty good you know um there are a couple of um penalties on the defense against him as well so i thought from what I saw watching Red Zone, I thought Robbie Anderson looked pretty good. Um, and 
as someone who owns DJ Moore, I'm, I don't want to overreact because he's still a really, really good young talent, but it might not be that he's the bona fide alpha as some people might have thought. So that, that's why I'm a little bit worried with that. You know, for me, I, I, I didn't see Teddy being able to air it down the field for Anderson. Um, I thought DJ Moore would be more the kind of player that would really sort of fit well with his sort of style of style of play. Um, so I'm not going to overreact, but yeah, it's a, it's a worrying start to week one for me, for sure. Given I'm very heavily invested in DJ Moore. And um, outside of rugs, any Raiders receivers you might be interested Ooh, in? I think Waller Waller was targeted multiple yeah. times. Um, he's 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 probably going to be him and Rugs are going to be the the primary pass pass catchers. And Jacobs played amazingly yeah. well. Um, another guy, you know, the backup to Jacobs wasn't that bad. Booker, um, he 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 took the field more than uh, Washington did. Um, so. Yeah, I, I think, you know, Josh Jacobs, again, going to have a monster year. I think we've, we're all high on him um, coming into the season. And, you know, if he can if he can add those catches, you know, we'll see the four catches for 46 yards as well. If he can start getting some of that now this season, then, yeah, he's going to be a real sort of, yeah, he's going to be cracking into that, that top five running back conversation. Um, yeah, IDP, IDP shout out to uh, to your boy Jeremy Chin, seven <laughs> tackles and an assist. Yeah, uh, Shaq Thompson was good as well. Shaq Thompson, yeah, five, yeah. five and seven. He was really good, and I think it just goes to show if you play in particularly redraft IDP leagues, um, you want to target those um, linebackers who play against run heavy teams. So you want to target. Who in whoever's playing against the likes of the Raiders, the likes of the Panthers, because you know that the likes of CMC and uh, Jacobs are going to get at least 25 carries a game. So a lot of IDP potential there. Right, so uh, <laughs> team, talking of a few ugly games, <laughs> the, the, the Bills versus the Jets. I mean, uh, this was horrific viewing. I mean, the the Bills just looked like they were coasting. Josh Allen even had a couple of fumbles, um, th- tried a clever sort of throwaway, uh, but he had a good fantasy day. Two passing touchdowns, 300 yards, one rushing touchdown. I mean, Josh Allen was Josh Allen, and it kind of uh, ate into Singletary and Moss. Allen had 14 carries. Singletary and Moss had only nine apiece there. So I think... Uh, I've been very high on Singletary, but I'm starting to worry um, now. Is that Josh Allen's um, highest passing yards game? I don't know. There was a stat that he's not thrown above 300. I think that's. I'd heard something something along those lines, and obviously, he said obviously he's throwing by over 300 yards there. So, um, yes, the addition of an elite wide receiver in Stephon Diggs kind of. Diggs had, a, Diggs had a nice game. Eight receptions, 86 yards. Shame he didn't get a touchdown. Um, but, he, you know, he's, we've talked about him before as just being one of these undersized but really elite receivers. He's got a lot of the same traits that Antonio Brown had about him, for example. Mm-hmm. So if, um, if Allen continues to target him, he's going to have better fantasy days. But this wasn't bad. He would have still got you, you know, 17 points or so, 18 points in a PPR league. Um, outside of that, I mean, John Brown had a reception, uh, sorry, a touchdown. 
and six receptions. Cole Beasley, but really, I think Diggs is the guy. If you can still get him, um, people are still maybe selling him uh, on the cheap because of his situation, thinking that the Bills will never throw. I know that Allen really... Here's the thing, in, in a redraft league, would you trade um, Jonathan Taylor for Stefan Diggs? Ooh, that's a tough one. Probably not, just because of the scarcity of running backs. I mean, if I went zero wide receiver and, <laughs> and I'm starting someone like, I don't know, Marvin Jones or John Brown, then maybe. But in most situations, running backs, in all the leagues I'm in, running backs have gone early and often. So I think it's very rare you're going to be in a situation where... Yeah, I'll, I'll give you an example. So in, in my sort of main league, um, the one that you won last year, I'm illegal contact. Obviously, I've got Zeke, CEH, Jonathan Taylor as my you know, three running backs, Kelsey, Adam Thielen. But it's where my, um, my second wide receiver is where I'm weak. Obviously, T.Y. Hilton, Brandon Cooks. Maybe be starting those kind of guys there. So the consideration is, do I do I move Jonathan Taylor to try and get a guy like Stefan Diggs, who I know I can plug in at that wide receiver two every week and be very comfortable with that, whereas I'm running the gauntlet a little bit with someone like T.Y. or Cooks. In your situation, potentially, mm. uh, I'd say it's worth considering um, because if you can get a... I think Diggs is sort of player. I think his floor is going to be about 12 points in a PPR every week you know that's what six receptions and 60 yards i think that's about his floor um so i think he's going to be quite good this year but um you know they're in a division with good defenses as well yeah it's true so it's one you know just one thing to consider we've talked about the strength of the patriots and the dolphins you know maybe the litmus test is when they play the patriots and seeing how he does against stefan gilmore for example yeah. Uh, from from a Jets perspective, it was horrific. I mean, Jamison Crowder had a nice day. He had a nice touchdown, in fact. You know, 115 yards, seven receptions, one touchdown. Talked about him being very undervalued. Outside of that, Lev Bell, I think he's got a hamstring injury now, so he's going to be injured for a while. Frank Gore, um, six carries. So it's just nothing else there. Chris Herndon, six receptions. So if you're in a Titan Premium League, maybe he's one you might want to target. And we know the Bills have got a good defense, but gosh, that was uh, really ugly from the Jets. And I just don't know how Gase can keep his job, uh, his job long term, personally. But I think um, Chris Chris Herman for me is the interesting guy to look at there. Obviously, Crowder, um, if he's available on waivers, obviously go snap him up. But um, I just think the opportunity for Herman there, you know. There's no one else really. Um, with um, Perriman's obviously been injured most of the off season. Um, thingy, what's his name? Their uh, their rookie wide receiver. Mims. Denzel Mims is obviously injured, so I just think Herman's got potential target share there. You know, if you're in a tight and premium league, he's definitely a guy to sort of just pick up if you can the stash. Yep, agreed with that completely. Uh, right, next up. Maybe the biggest shock, if it wasn't the Jags, it, it was certainly this game. The Washington football team from 17-0 down against the Eagles came back to beat the Eagles. Um, from a Washington perspective, you know, none of the receivers really had a great day. McLaurin had five receptions for 61 yards. 
the big surprise there was Peyton Barber. He was the lead back, um, 17 carries, two touchdowns, only 29 yards, but we know Eagles have a good run defense there. Um, so I think Peyton Barber certainly a um, target in on waivers for this week. If you're thin at running back, then uh, I'd be looking at someone like Peyton Barber. From an Eagles perspective, we know they've been missing um, receivers, and then Miles Sanders was ruled out. I think they really miss Miles Sanders, actually, because Boston Scott's not really a lead back. I made the mistake of starting him against you, in fact, Chiggs, which is a game I've now lost. Um, I mean, the the O-line was shocking. Uh, we, we've talked before about Washington having a really good defense, and they've got one of the best front sevens in all of football. Chase Young looked phenomenal again, but Wentz got sacked eight times. You you let that happen to your quarterback, and we've seen what happened with Andrew Luck. Those injuries pile up, and you know, hope it doesn't happen, but it can lead to real, real chronic. So they they need to fix that. I know they've had a couple of injuries or players opting out, but they need to do better to protect Carson Wentz. Um, you know, Dallas Goddard had a really good game, eight receptions, hundred and one yards, and a touchdown. Zach Ertz relatively was quiet, so maybe they schemed for Zach Ertz, so God at God opportunities. Again, nothing really of note, Greg Ward, five receptions. I don't know. What what are your thoughts, Mo, on the um, football team versus the Eagles? I love their front four. Um, uh, if, if you're an IDP league, grab grab some shares of the, of the front four of the, of the defensive line. I, I think I... I think I said uh, beginning or preseason that I think Washington football team is going to have the most sacks this year um, than any other NFL team. Yeah, for one, they're going to be on the field quite a bit, uh, but uh, they they have some heavy hitters on that uh, on that defensive line. Um, as for um, one player I did like about the one one player on offense I did like for Washington was Logan Thomas. I kind of had shares of him in a lot of dynasty leagues. Um, he is going to be the tight end there, uh, and you know outside of uh, scary Terry, you know, you don't really have any other receiving options. And I think if you look at, it, I think he's been targeted. I think he was targeted about nine times um, in that game. So you know, you you love to see a tight end that gets targeted quite a bit, uh, or any any player uh, receiving wise that gets targeted that gets those targets. So um, he's one to keep an eye out for uh, in dynasty or in keeper leagues. Um, but uh, yeah, other than that, uh, yeah, big shocker there though. I don't think many people called the Washington football team. Uh, beating beating the Eagles and some of those reactions from Eagle fans after they saw that they lost that game was were hilarious. Well, particularly being seventeen points up, but you know, full credit. Um, I think we're all Ron Rivera fans. You in particular, Mo. You know, he's done a nice job to get that team ready in Week One, and they said that that defense looks scary. Um, yeah, so Dylan Rigger looked great, good too, just for that one little um, amazing pass play he had in the very beginning. But again, I'm not sure whether I, I just didn't see much much action from him uh, after that after that one big catch, and it might have been uh, again maybe his injury kind of kind of irritated, they kind of kind of slowed him down a little bit. But uh, we'll see. I mean, he's he's another rookie that I'm. Uh, I think even Chigs, uh, both both Chigs and I are very bullish on. Are you um are you worried about um obviously the offensive line and Miles Sanders obviously when he returns? Yeah, I think that's gonna. I think the offensive line is what concerns me the most. Uh, I, 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 one good thing is that Miles Sanders is more of a receiving back too, so I think he'll get he'll get he'll get his yards and he'll you know maybe even touchdowns and he'll screen passes and come in out of the backfield like CMC does. 
Uh, but uh, yeah, that injury, uh, those two, I think they lost two big uh, uh, major, uh, I think it was a left tackle or a right tackle. Um, they lost two, uh, two big players on the offensive line there, and that, that definitely mm. hurt them. I, I'm a little concerned with Miles Sanders there. Okay, next game then, the lowest scoring game that no, none of us predicted was the Bengals against the Chargers. Um, poor um, Randy Bullock had a game uh, at a field goal, a chip shot, in fact, you know, to try and tie that game, and he missed. Otherwise, um, maybe even just maybe as a case of put the viewers out of their misery because there wasn't much going on there. The um, Both of the offensive lines weren't particularly great. Um, I mean, the Bengals really need to do a better job of protecting Joe Burrow. It looked for a while like they're going to win that, but that offensive line, you know, I think he only ended up getting sacked three times, but he threw the ball away quite a bit. He ended up throwing an interception as well. I mean, the Chargers, we know they've got a good defensive line there, but Bengals need to do a better job of protecting Burrow. And we saw that last year, whether it was Dalton, uh, Ryan Finley, or whoever played there, they, they need to protect better. But Burrow looked okay when he threw the ball, looked like he had a nice throwing action. Mixon had a quiet day, you know, 19 carries, 69 yards, kind of expect more. Tyler Boyd had a very quiet game. I mean, four receptions, and I think three of those came in the last quarter. Um, AJ Green looked like he had a good connection, but again, only five receptions. Um, it's easy to overreact. I think we're all saying how high we are on Burrow, but uh... I, I mean, there's a few things that stand out for me. He obviously missed AJ Green on a in the end zone. On you know, he was open, so he should have he should have made that throw, but. I really liked um, his mobility. You know, he had a eight eight um, eight carries as well for forty six yards. So that's that's nice. You know, if he, if he can keep that up as well. It's actually say, a very nice running uh, rushing touchdown from him. Yeah. So you know, if, if you can if you can add that to you know obviously his his throwing ability and you know, his ability to escape pressure and stuff. Yeah, I, I think they're, they're going to have to get better at protecting him, but he can also make plays. You know, first start. Yeah, well, I don't think we're all going to say he was going to blow up on the first game, but, you know, he showed enough to sort of, you know, all the nice things we've been seeing in off-season. Off you know, some of that was there, he, but you just need to obviously make some of those throws as well. And from a Chargers perspective, again, not a lot to write home about. Tyrod Taylor looked a little out of place there, just from my own perspective. It, might not, it wouldn't surprise me if Herbert's in. Um, fairly soon. Eckler had an okay day, but not what you're used to, particularly where he's been productive on the catch, um, on the receiving side. He only had one reception yesterday. He wasn't really targeted much. It's not quite the same as playing under Phil Rivers, where he heavily utilizes those running backs. Yeah. Joshua Kelly had a nice game. I think that's another waiver wire target if you're thin at running back, because he had 12 carries, turned that into 60 yards and a touchdown. Um, and he's of all the running backs, he's got the frame of an archetypal, you know, classic sort of bouldering well, running back. He's going to be the guy that has the, almost the Melvin Gordon role, right, from last year. Right, so Eckler's still going to have his his role, and you know, you, you saw both Eckler and Gordon were both very viable when they when they were both playing together. Yeah, and Kelly Kelly should project to be that guy. Hunter Henry had a good day as a tight end, five receptions, um, 73 yards. I think he's always going to be there as Taylor's safety blanket. 
But Keenan Allen, considering he's just got the big extension, 37 yards, very disappointing day. Mike Williams, okay, he had a bit of a better day with 69 yards. But again, it was an ugly game. It was the lowest game of the week. Well, bear, um, bear in mind, Mike Williams was questionable. You know, it was a game-time decision with his shoulder as well. So I think that probably hampered him a bit. And he still made some nice catches. So Would, would you give a first for Mike Williams? A first-round pick for Mike Williams? Yeah, would you? No. No, not for me. Just because I think the receiving talent coming out of next year's class as well. I... I like Mike Williams, but you would know, you not... give a first if you're getting Williams and a late second back? Then I might consider that, yeah. Okay, because that's what seems like a fairish sort of price. Yeah. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. Right, next one, another uh, really cool game to watch, and shout out to Paul actually for calling the Cardinals to win, but the Cardinals did beat divisional rivals and NFC champions, the 49ers. Few performances of note. Jimmy Garoppolo was kind of efficient, 259 yards, two touchdowns. Most, I thought, had a really nice game. You know, really, really nice um, touchdown. I think it was like a 70-yard run there. So he had four receptions for 95, plus another 15 carries on the ground for 56. So he had a really good fantasy day, actually. Um, George Kittle, disappointing by his standards, nobody really stood out from a receiving perspective there. I mean, Kendrick Bourne had a couple of red zone targets. Nice to see Jarek McKinnon actually receiving uh, a touchdown. He's had so many injury worries. It was nice to see. On the other side of the coin, however, Kyler Murray, <laughs> 13. Absolute star. Absolute yeah. star. Uh, only 230 passing yards, but 13 carries for 91 yards. That's that's Lamar Jackson levels of rushing there. Um, Kenyon Drake saved his day with a touchdown. Otherwise, a little bit disappointing. But you're talking about giving weapons to a young QB. You give him new Copkins. And okay, he didn't get a touchdown. But man, 14 receptions, 151 yards. We're talking about how the Texans will miss it, uh, look like they're missing a receiver. And that uh, to me, and this is why I say it, this is why he's the best wide receiver in the NFL. He's come to a new team, limited off-season, and puts up that level of production. Like, the guy is an absolute monster. I agree. I think I always agree with you there, Chiggs. I've always rated him as a number one wide receiver, talent-wise. Um, him and Julio. Yeah. I mean, just yeah. fantastic. And then and so the thing with Kyler Murray is, right, it's not just we talk about his, like, rushing ability. It's, it's not just, oh, he gets fantasy football points from it because he, he gets yards. He extends plays, you know, he, he's going to get sacked and then he actually turns that into a game, um, makes first downs, like keeps the offense moving. Like he was fantastic yesterday. Yeah, he, it was joy to watch and uh, really neutralized the threat of the 49ers sort of um, front four there as well. Um, Nick the Bosa guy, still had a okay The guy actually, as I say, was um, Christian Kirk. He had one one reception for for no yards. Yeah, and he was actually used as um, a kickoff returner or punt returner yeah. as well. So, is that is that, is that something um, do you think is um, you know cut cut now for you know for some of the waiver wire guys, or would you hold on to him and see? I'm cutting him. 
yeah, I'm definitely not holding him in any season-long leagues. In a dynasty, I probably would still, because um, you know, Fitzgerald will eventually have to retire. And Kirk, I still see as a decent um, slot receiver there. But uh, I, as I said, I don't want to sound like I'm overreacting to one week, but just looking at how they lined up yesterday, yeah. um, you know, it looks like it's going to be the Kyler and... The three players I want in that team are Kyler, Kenyon Drake, and DeAndre Hopkins. And as yeah. I said, I, I'm i fairly low on Drake con- compared to his ADP, but I still traded for him because I still think he's going to be a, a running back one this season. Right, next game, Battle of the Goats, Brady versus Breeze. Um, it was an intriguing game. Actually, the Bucks took the lead there for a while, but after that, it was all sort of Tampa Bay, a little bit of resurgence at the end. Um, from the Bucks, but you know, credit to the Saints going down and really put on a good show. Breeze had a quiet game by his standards. He still got two passing touchdowns, but only 160 passing yards. I think the player that would have disappointed all owners was Michael Thomas. Now I know there's reports come out that he's got a bit of a high ankle sprain, but he thinks he'll play through it. But End of the day is only three receptions, 17 yards. That's a fantasy killer. Really is a fantasy killer. Um, Alvin That's... Kamara was awesome. Um, you know, he had two touchdowns, five receptions for 50 yards. He didn't do much on the running game, but we've discussed the Bucks have got the number one, or certainly last year, uh, rushing defense there. So You almost had like... a third as well, right? He had a third touchdown, just got Yeah, home. he just had it uh, ruled out, yeah. Um, Latavius Murray actually had more carries than Kamara, probably because of his uh, body body type, and they thought they'd be able to break through the um, Bucks defense there. From a Bucks perspective, I mean Brady, two touchdowns, two interceptions. He just looked a little out of sync there. Godwin saved his day with a couple of nice catches, but you know, you not what you're expecting when you're drafting someone in the first or second round. Six receptions for 79. Evans was always questionable, but he turned his one reception into a nice touchdown. I think Evans will have better days because Brady was targeting him. It looked yeah. like you know, there were targets. There was, I think if, there was a few targets. There's a few where Evans kind of stopped, um, you know, on his roots and stuff. I think the interception that Brady threw in the first half, Evans yeah. just kind of gave up on his route and stuff. So I think that will just come with the chemistry, you know, they're working together. Um, Together. Apparently, Bruce Aarons called out Brady on that. Apparently, Brady read the defense wrong and Evans read it correctly. And oh, that really? was the play. And okay. um, he, uh, the two interceptions, he basically said, yeah, it was one was Brady's. One was, yeah, one was, yeah, both were actually Brady's fault. And that that yeah. one, he did specifically say that Evans read the defense right while Brady misread the defense. And um, yeah, Evans did what he was supposed to do. Yeah, with the pick with the pick six as well, it was a bad throw. Uh, I think he targeted Scotty Miller, and you know it was behind him. It was in the reach of the defender. It was an easy pick six, you know, for a player of that level when you're professional. I think there's better days ahead for the Bucks. I think the big talking Scotty Miller was Scotty Miller um, looked good. Yeah, definitely had that sort of Julian Edelman kind of role and rapport um, with with Brady there. Good. I think the biggest talking point was Ronald Jones, you know, yeah. and him yeah. getting the, the bell cow, but 17 carries, um, two receptions as well. But, you know, Fournette's just been signed. He won't know the playbook and stuff. Um, 
thought, I thought Jones ran well as well. You know, watching it, I think he actually ran with purpose, and you know, he was hitting the lanes and stuff. If he can yeah. just, you know, if he can keep that job, then hopefully, you know. Would you add Scotty Miller off your waivers? Or yeah, do you think def- there's... definitely. You would. Definitely at, for me, the top two guys this week are Naheem Hines and Scotty Miller. For me. See, for Scotty Miller, I don't. I, in a redraft league, I don't think there's enough roster spots to add him. And I don't think this, again, I, I've always said he's like the fourth option on that team. And just because Evans was hurt, and I'm guessing, I'm, I'm not sure what, I mean, I guess he was a third option this, this week, and it kind of played out where they're always behind the entire game. And they're not running. Um, I, I would be, I'd be weary of him. I think Dynasty, yes, I actually, actually had him and I cut him. I think Cash picked him up or somebody. Um, but uh, uh, I, I don't like it when a receiver is the fourth option uh, on yeah. a team. See, I mean, I'll, I'll need pretty deep I'll bench consideration for Christian Kirk, right? That's where I'm looking at. I've got Christian Kirk, who I'm worried about now. And I think, for me, what I saw Miller yesterday, I know you say Evans was, was hurt and stuff, but I just think that Miller's that Julian Edelman kind of guy for, for Brady. So, you know, I think he'll have quite a nice floor as my sort of, you know, for a bench receiver. I think he'll have a nice weekly floor. Yeah, I see it. Right, so... Coming up towards the end then, um, last game was the Rams versus the Cowboys. I think we all thought the Cowboys would win that, but, um, well, they had a, could have had victory. Um, looked like a bit of a dodgy call on the Michael Gallup catch there at the end. But just the Rams' fantasy, perspe- fantasy perspective, thought Malcolm Brown had a good game. We know it's going to be a committee there, but it looks like he's going to have the lead role in the committee. 18 carries, 79 yards, two touchdowns, um, and he also had three receptions. So Malcolm Brown put on a really, really nice uh, performance. Cam Akers, I think he's sort of flattered to deceive a little bit, but it's only week one. 14 carries, but only 39 yards, so didn't really do much there. Um, And then Daryl Henderson, we know he's just come off injury. He only had three carries. Robert Woods had a nice day, actually. Um, no, rece- no receiving touchdowns, but six receptions for 105 yards. Cooper Cup, I think, based on ADP, would have disappointed you there. Only the four receptions for 40. Um, from the Cowboys' side of things, steadily efficient performance from Dak. One touchdown, no interceptions. Zeke had a very nice day. Um, 22 carries, 96 yards and a touchdown and also a further touchdown in the um, receiving game. So Zeke would have put in a really nice performance. Amari Cooper had a good day. Still looks like he's the lead dog there despite the signing of uh, or despite the drafting of CeeDee Lamb. And then Lamb, five receptions, Gallup, three, could have had a winning touchdown. Just want to mention Blake Jarwin. It looks like he's out for the season. So it looks like Dalton Schultz will be the replacement there i don't think there's many players here who would still be on your waivers but if malcolm brown is i think he's up there with your naheem Hineses for sort of players you want to target uh, or do you think it was just a week one and that will change mo malcolm brown a player you'd be interested in uh for the short term yes uh long term i think acres is going to win that backfield yeah chigs yeah same same yeah, we've got, we've got to remember there's a reason they gave Malcolm Brown a new two-year contract. But, you know, there were no sort of... These are two teams where the players are quite often drafted, so there's not much in terms of waiver value. So I think if anyone 
you know, you probably got Malcolm Brown. I don't think you're going to get even Tyler Higby on your waivers. Um, very doubtful that Gallup, Lamb or Cooper are going to be on waivers. Dalton Schultz, a player of interest at all? I don't know much about him. Uh, I wouldn't mind picking him up in dynasty formats, but don't really know much about him. Yeah, it's just a, a dynasty deep stash, if anything, but season-long leagues, no interest. And to be honest, most dynasty leagues, I probably wouldn't be having yeah. him either. Like last last year, just looking at his stats, um, he played an average of twenty percent of the snaps, a little less. But he has he has a total of two fantasy points. <laughs> he was yeah. he was actually and he played every single game. <laughs> it might mean more opportunity for Lamb and for Gallup. I think Cooper will still be heavily targeted. He's got a good chemistry now with Dak, so I don't don't see much changing there. And. Unfortunately, not much from a waiver implication. I think Malcolm Brown, if anybody, you'll be able to get on the waivers. But uh, right, so that's week one in the bag. We've still got a couple more games to cover, which is the Giants uh, against the Steelers and then my beloved Broncos at home against the Titans. We'll cover that later in the week when we're talking about our bets, um, breaking down the results of last week and then also betting tips for this week. Um, So... For now, that's episode 33 in the bag, and that's me signing out, Mo. Minchu Mania! <laughs> and Jigs. Good luck, guys, with the, uh, the matchup tonight. I hope you wins your leagues. Thank you very much.